You're listening to The Takeaway with John Hockenberry and Celeste Headley. It's been nearly two weeks since a 7.0 earthquake in Haiti destroyed much of the infrastructure there, and they're finally calling rescue efforts off. Now the focus of relief aid will switch from treating the wounded to a rebuilding of the crumbled capital there. Where do they begin, and, and can it be better than ever, as some people say that it may be? We're joined now again by Ed Pilkington. He's the New York correspondent for The Guardian, just returned from a week uh, in Haiti. And also Lawrence Vale joins us, a professor of urban design and planning at MIT. He's co-editor of the book, The Resilient City, How Modern Cities Recover from Disaster. Good morning to both of you. Morning. So, Ed, you were talking about this exodus of, of hundreds of thousands of people, possibly from Port-au-Prince, into the countryside. Does They're going in search of water, food, shelter. Does the countryside, do the rural areas have that? Yes. I mean, w- most Haitians who are living in Port-au-Prince uh, have family back in the countryside. So, uh, And there, they, there they'll find houses, they'll find maybe a small plot of land where they're growing their own food. They're self-sufficient. So maybe it'll be, food will be a little bit scarce, but it's going to be much more plentiful than in the city. That's the sort of good news. It's sort of logical that they're returning to the countryside now. The bad news is that the people I spoke to crowded around bus stops, piling onto these free government buses to go back to the country, are saying to us that within a month, two months at most, they're going to come back again. And that's, there's a simple reason for that. There's no work in the countryside for them. There's nothing for them to do. They all came to the, to the town in the first place over the last 20, 30 years in search of work. And that's what they're going to do again. So you've got a very small window, maybe one, two months, in which there's, there's going to be a, a space within the city for, for repair workers to, to, in which to operate. But within a couple of months, they'll all be back again and the city will be crowded again and all the problems of overcrowding and piling in and trying to build shoddy, poorly built houses the will start up again. The cities that we saw on hillsides right. and things. So, Lawrence Vale, having heard what Ed Pilkington just said, can you kind of uh, put that in perspective for us in terms of disasters? He said we have about one to two months. Is that enough time to get started on, on a, any effective rebuilding uh, strategy? Well, it's it's certainly enough time for individuals to get started on what they want to do in a desperate situation for themselves. Uh, In some ways, it's a false dichotomy to say there's a rescue period and then a rebuilding period, um, because uh, the the restoration that begins is is part of what happens in between, and some of that will be very shoddy and very uh, makeshift, and some of it will be just to get things uh, moving again uh, a bit. But. You've heard people saying, not just Haitian officials, but aid organizations as well, saying this is an opportunity to rebuild Port-au-Prince and rebuild Haiti better than ever. What kind of historical uh, support does that have? Have we seen other cities recover from disasters like this better than before? Well, first of all, the the claim of disaster as opportunity is a kind of classic historic one. Uh, You heard it in San Francisco after 1906, uh, we heard it after 9-11. We heard it after Katrina. There's a political necessity to, to say this. Uh, uh, most recently, the Haitian ambassador to the U.S. Uh, uh, has been repeatedly talking about silver linings. And, and one can hope that that's the case. Um, uh, there, there have been uh, dramatic uh, recoveries. Uh, famously, in the U.S., uh, both the uh, Chicago fire in 1871 and the San Francisco earthquake uh, and fires of, of 1906 led to tremendous uh, growth and uh, development of those places. Uh, uh, they're more relevant, perhaps, uh, to Haiti. There's been some progress in uh, Banda Aceh in Indonesia, a place where 170,000 people are estimated to have died after the 
Asian uh, tsunami in 2004. Uh, five years later and several billion dollars uh, of spending, uh, I think there, most reports I hear are that things have begun to get better. But, Ed, um, in many of these places where where recovery brings opportunity, as Lawrence was talking about, you need some kind of centralized, you know, in China after the government, you have a very centralized organizing uh organization to to get everything done. And in Haiti, the government isn't entirely stable or reliable. Yeah, I hate to be the voice of doom, but I think all the factors coming together in Port-au-Prince are are, are pretty uh, pretty awesome and pretty negative. I mean, you've got a government that is at best fairly non-existent, at worst has a history of corruption. You've got an incredibly overcrowded city. This is a city with, with natural confines. It's got these very steep mountains on all sides, so it can't just naturally expand. It's designed for about 400,000 people with 3 million people living there. Uh, and it's also, as we know, one of the poorest countries in the world. And you put all those things together, and I think, on top of that, I'd add, April comes the rains. By about June, you start the hurricane season. People are going to be desperate to get back indoors. And you put all these things together, and the recipe for people just building their own houses, just as they did before, at a breeze box and very thin cement, is going to be intense. And that's what happened last time, and we know what the results have been. Lawrence, what do you think? Without a strong government to organize the recovery efforts, can they rebuild in in a safe way? This is pretty much a worst-case scenario, um, because as Ed is saying, uh, some disasters have a great loss of uh, of property with relatively little loss of life. Some have great losses of life without completely devastated infrastructure. Some have both kinds of devastation, but have strong political institutions that can direct recovery. And and Haiti has none of that. Um, it, it, it didn't have that uh, before the disaster struck. Uh, so this is a huge challenge. Uh, and uh, one can only hope that... that uh, more parts will be rebuilt with reliable access to clean water and sanitation systems uh, than, than existed before the earthquake. Uh, and one can hope that there will be more awareness of the dangers of building with unreinforced concrete. But the overwhelming uh, needs of so many people who have been living uh, with an informal economy and in, in an informal uh, housing structure uh, are, are beyond what anybody can direct. Ed, do you, what is the chances that we are we are in the midst of a recipe for repetition of disaster in Haiti? I'd say extremely high. Uh, people are going to be piling back into the city. They've got about four months at most before hurricanes start hitting, uh, and they're just going to be doing their own thing. They're, they're used to doing to working without any help, and that's what they're going to do again. So it's more like Lagos in uh, Port-au-Prince than uh, some sort of futuristic reimagined Haiti. Yes, that's or, a scary takeaway. Yeah. Yes, or Nicaragua, where Somoza right. stole uh, all the money. Yeah, hmm. uh, Ed Pilkington is the New York correspondent for the Guardian. He just returned on Friday from a week spent in Haiti. And Lawrence Vale is the professor of urban design and planning at MIT. He's uh, also co-editor editor of the book *The Resilient City: How Modern Cities Recover from Disaster*. Thanks to both of you. On Notes from America, we have conversations with people across the country about how we can truly become the nation that we claim to be. Each week, we talk about race, our politics, education, relationships, usually all of them, because everything's connected. And you, our listeners, are at the center of those conversations. I'm Kai Wright. Join me on Notes from America, wherever you get your podcasts.